It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. Make sure you're subscribed to the BetQL Daily podcast on the podcast catcher of your choice. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use the promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time to help give you an edge over the books. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Again, use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker here. And now joining us on the show is Alex Moretto at Alex J. Moretto on Twitter, supervising editor for sports betting at the score does a great job covering the NHL. And Alex, we talk, we have to start with the uh, big story from over the weekend. If you turn on the TV either day, you were struck at how majestic it was in Lake Tahoe. The scene was beautiful. What a location by the NHL to play outdoors. Just perfection. And then the commissioner gets involved. (laughs) The cloud coverage was an issue. I mean, serious. Only in the NHL. They did not test this with the weather and the ice and realize what was going to happen with the sun and you couldn't see the puck and all that stuff. I mean, it was a perfect scene, but they, they didn't test this out. Like what, what, what went wrong? Yeah. I mean, the weather was definitely unfortunate. There was a bit of a mess in the end, um, but I don't want to place much blame on anyone here. Like there was a similar issue in the league's first outdoor game back in the like, 2003 temperatures in Alberta were like minus 30 Celsius. That's I think what, like minus 20, 22 Fahrenheit, something like that for you guys. Um, the ice was hard as a rock, you know, it was, it was a danger for the players. They kind of agreed to like a low contact, no contact game to keep everyone safe. Uh, and, you know, it was the same situation this weekend where I think it was pretty clear to the teams what had to be done. Um, they obviously knew well before the game, the ice quality was absolutely garbage. Uh, obviously the second, you know, cloud cover disappeared, there was legitimate concern. And I give so much credit to the players. Like they absolutely had the option to push the start time back. But the NHL put a lot of time and effort into organizing this. And they knew they had the national window on NBC. So they decided for the good of the league to give it a go. Uh, in retrospect, was it the best idea to play at the time they did? No. And, you know, the league took a beating on social media for pushing back the second period about eight hours, understandably so. But the players were great sports about it. They could have, you know, thrown gas on the fire. Instead, they cut the league some slack. They handled the whole thing really well. Come on, um, let's rip Batman. <laughs> let's rip Batman. Yeah, Alex, know, he sucks. <laughs> That's a fun thing to do, right? <laughs> but you know, the, the NHL took a risk in, in scheduling it for a midday local time, and it didn't it didn't work out. They took it on the chin. Uh, I, I but I'm not sure what people want from them at this point. Like, believe me, I have my fair share of criticism of the NHL, definitely a Batman. But in this case, I'm actually going to kind of play the contrarian side here. I'm willing to cut them a bit of slack. Um, at least you know. The NHL knows they need to step out of their comfort zone and get creative. That's what they did here. That's what I want to see them do. You know, there was bound to be a worst-case scenario play out with these outdoor games eventually. But I'd rather see them take the risk and try something new than the typical kind of play-it-safe shtick, right? It's a unicorn season, as we know, and they could have just said, forget it, play the normal schedule to please the fans. But they stepped outside the box, trying to attract a wider audience. It's not going to always work out great. But I give them full marks for trying. I give the give the players full marks for, you know, being great sports about it. Um, Landis Scott's comments are great. Bruins had a ton of fun with the whole thing on Saturday, dressing up in that, you know, 80 ski attire. And like you said, the, the backdrop was majestic, right? I mean, all of us who grew up in northern climates have kind of had that story of that one lake or outdoor w- rink we love skating on. And 
you know, whether it was mountains in the background, forest, city skyline, whatever, it kind of conjures up a bit of romanticism and nostalgia. And I think, you know, the NHL saw the potential in that. And I credit them for taking the swing, even if they did miss. Um, but at the end of the day, both games were played. I made some money on the abs on Saturday. And, you know, you go. it's all good. <laughs> Honestly, the world would be a better place if every man was a hockey guy or an offensive lineman. Let's be honest, right? I mean, hockey guy or offensive lineman, there will be a better place. But that's why they didn't complain. So, Alex, just so just for clarity here, because this is like the most people have talked about hockey nationally for a while. They knew that if the sun was – did they not know the elevation? Was it the elevation thing? Was that the issue, that they didn't realize the impact the sun would have at that elevation? Or – did they know this was a risk and they thought, well, hopefully it won't be a bright, sunny day? I mean, I, I feel like it's probably the latter because if it is the former, then that's even more embarrassing. Like, because if they don't realize the, the uh, you know, the effect the sun would have, they should at least have people to consult with on this. So I would like to hope that it was the latter and they just kind of banked on the sun not being as big of an issue and the cloud cover kind of protecting them. I mean, either way, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to say they're completely faultless in this. The execution was, terrible in terms of how they plan to go about it and the timing of it all but but you know i mean i i get i don't fault them for for trying it at least it was something new they had to think outside the box with the no fans so they could have just done a standard outdoor game but they figured hey there's not going to be fans there anyways let's pick a great venue and at least they got that right you know one thing they got right uh, with Alex Moretto on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker. I promise we'll get to the games, but there was another story, uh, Alex, that blew up sports betting Twitter yesterday. Oh, big surprise there. Uh, but the the Vegas Golden Knights, they decided to partner up with a site that sells picks. They're, um, it, it, they're described as a Mexico-based tout service. For uh, in-arena branding, people were very upset about this uh, decision by the Vegas Golden Knights. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I honestly have very little to say about this other than the fact that it's just beyond ridiculous. Like, I don't see how they can think this is remotely a good idea. I know that Vegas is kind of following the NHL's mold and, like, trying new things and, you know, getting into different ventures. But you literally are partnering with a Mexican tout service, like, do they not see the irony or the conflict of interest in that? Like, what, uh, this service gives out a pick. Hey, you know, uh, we, uh, we like uh, the abs tonight against Vegas. Are they going to, like, send Vegas a message and be like, hey, guys, you know, we picked against you. Just kind of keep that in mind. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I don't know what's yeah. next. Are they going to become the, like, official MDMA, you know, distributors of the NHL? Like, I don't – Vegas is really exploring some uh, new ventures, and I think they really missed on this one. Um, I, I want to ask you about Sidney Crosby and all the guys wearing his jersey and the thousandth game and all that stuff. Where is he kind of in your hierarchy? Um, we can talk about the Penguins for the rest of the year and the Penguins in their next game, blah, blah, blah. But where is he, Alex, sort of in your hierarchy of all-time NHL players? It's such a tough question for me to answer. Um, I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm not – quite 30 yet turning 30 this year so i didn't get to see a lot of the guys who people you know tell me like i got my dad telling me about guys like gila fleur and maurice richard and you hear stories about bobby Orr, and you know uh, i mean mario lemieux i was still a bit too young to really get to uh, appreciate him but you know i i mean it was really tough for me to fully answer that in terms of my lifetime in the players i've watched crosby is definitely like top two you know maybe number one uh, the things he does the 
just the professional he is, the teammate he is, the stuff he's capable of on the ice, uh, such a great leader, a great captain. He really embodies, like what you said, right, that whole hockey player mentality. And he's just, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely at the top of my list in terms of guys I've had the pleasure of watching. And he brought, you know, that great moment, the golden goal, you know, 2010, the Winter Olympics, uh, an overtime goal against the U.S. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, he's number one for me in terms of players I've gotten to see. But I think, you know, maybe top five all time would be reasonable. But, again, it's kind of unfair for me to make that claim considering how many great players I just didn't get to actually watch, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Alex Moretto with us talking some NHL. We have two games uh, postponed the Avs and the Coyotes, also the Golden Knights and the Sharks, but we still have 10 other matchups tonight. Uh, what do you really like? Yeah, uh, this is the biggest night I've had so far in a while, um, especially as kind of a lower volume guy. Usually I'm like in the one to three play range, but I've got four locked in. It's possible I'll be adding another. Uh, I'll start with the Devils, who I grabbed at even money. I think they're still kind of widely available around that price. Um, this line is a bit of a overreaction, a massive one actually, to just one game. These teams played on Tuesday. And granted, that one was in New Jersey. This one's in Buffalo. But, like, home ice shouldn't account for very much these days. The Devils closed at minus 145 on Tuesday. Now, they lost 4-1, but they dominated the first half of it before a bad power play kind of zapped the momentum. And then the Sabres took the lead on a power play of their own. The Devils just kind of seemed to fold. Um, New Jersey's not a perfect team, but those sort of issues come with inexperience. You know, it's a young, talented roster. There's going to be growing pain. This is great value tonight against the Sabres team that's still kind of in turmoil. Um, one win doesn't change that. The Devils also also have a significant edge in goal here. Uh, Blackwood's been excellent. Omar just got the better of him on Tuesday, making like 40-plus saves. But I doubt we'll see him tonight. Uh, this feels like a Carter Hutton start, who's terrible. Even if we do see Omar again, it'll be his fifth start in eight nights, fourth and six. Uh, fatigue will definitely play a part. So I really like the Devils here in a bounce-back spot. Um, another one I grabbed was Dallas at plus 115. That's basically a straight Bobrovsky fade. Uh, he's going to be in for Dreger in the second leg of this back-to-back, and he's been atrocious. I have the stars as favorites here with Bobrovsky in, so obviously we're getting great value. Um, I bet the Islanders at plus 115 against Boston. This feels like a nice buy low on the Islanders. They've been excellent at 5-on-5. Five five. They have the third-best expected goal share percentage in that regard, uh, but they're just 16th in actual goal share, so they've been quite unlucky. Barlamal's really feeling it right now. The Bruins are coming off that long trip to Tahoe, the furthest they'll travel all season. So I really like the value we're getting with New York. And we also, you know, just it just was announced recently that uh, Halak would be starting. I bet this under the assumption that Rask would be in there. So, you know, I like this even more now. And then um, I think like 20 minutes ago or so ago, I snagged the uh, Blue Jackets. Minus 115, we got confirmation that Malcolm Subban is starting and he's a significant drop-off from Lankinen. That's big against the Columbus team that's kind of been generating a lot more offense since getting Line A and Roslovich. Uh, their underlying numbers aren't great, but it does feel like things are starting to fall into place for them. And when the numbers do show, what the numbers do show, sorry, is uh, just how much better they've been in the second leg of these two game sets. You know, like they're much better in these rematches than they are in the initial meetings, which is one of those patterns I've been looking for. So I think we'll be getting, we're getting a very reasonable price here for Columbus. I, I got to ask you, um, Alex, about this talk of them saying maybe they would make the Nets bigger. Do you think there's any chance they would actually do that? I I, I actually do. Um, I do think the league is really pushing to explore ways to increase scoring. Not that it's been down significantly, but I know they're pushing to increase it regardless. And I mean, the solution is really, when you think about it, like they're exploring all these different avenues, but the answer is right there. I mean, just 
you know, make the nets a little bit bigger. There's no need for them to get cute, start changing the rules, tweaking with the game. Like if you really, if they really are serious about increasing scoring, that's just the obvious answer. Make the nets a little bit bigger. You don't need to go crazy and start changing all these different things about the game. Um, whether they actually decide to pursue that or not is, you know, I'm not sure, but I do think they're, they're serious about this, uh, about increasing scoring at least. And in that case, you know, this is the, the one avenue that will kind of guarantee that without changing the game much. Uh, we've talked about your uh, team futures in the past, but are, are there any awards that, that you think right now that have some value? Um, no, it could be any of them, any, any of the awards, whether it's the hearts Calder, uh, Norris, or even Vesna. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not big on the individual awards markets, but I think that, I mean, right now, like, I think getting Mc, um, Matthews at, I'm not sure what the price would be for him to win the heart. I think he's probably in like the plus 150, maybe range, something like that. But the start he's on is kind of unbelievable uh, in this North division. And they're saying that he's kind of neck and neck with McDavid right now. But at the end of the day, you look at it like no matter how you spin it, the Leafs are going to finish significantly ahead of Edmonton in the standings. And Matthews is going to be a huge part of that. And while McDavid's going to be a massive part of the Oilers, I just think that the difference in where they're going to finish is uh is going to be significant enough to kind of push Matthews over the edge. So I think anything, honestly, anything plus money on Matthews right now, I'd be happy to scoop up. And again, I, I haven't looked into it fully, so I don't know exactly where his price is, but I know he's not sure. going to be favored over McDavid. But I think that's definitely a, a nice look just because, you know, I mean, McDavid gets all the plaudits and rightfully so he's incredible. But I think that Matthews will have the edge just based on the fact that his team's going to finish significantly higher in the same division. All right, good stuff from Alex Moretto, as usual, at Alex J. Moretto on Twitter, supervising editor of sports betting for The Score. Great stuff on the NHL. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, bunch of games there for Alex. Uh, quick Joe, recap. it did look – those Lake Tahoe games did look awesome. I mean, that was like – scenery it, was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. Like, it made you want to go there, right? Yes, it made me want to <laughs> watch, which is the whole idea. Yeah, and then they didn't have a game for us to watch. That's Ross Tucker. I'm Joe Ostrowski. You've got BetQL Daily. How about our best bets? We'll tell you what we're thinking for this evening. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.